2: And then the management should make sure that everything is is working properly. Right, Nia, you are What are your views in thirty seconds? What you think we can do to try and fix some of these issues and put the country on a, on some better pedestal? Nia, you with us? A major... okay. Nia, you.
3: Yes. Okay. So yes, um, in my my earlier point, my last point I was making, I was talking about leadership, and my, my call is to the youth of Ghana. If you look at the statistics that came from the 2020 elections, it says that 75% of the people who voted were the youth. So if we decide who becomes the leader of the government administration at any point in time, then it's up to us to be vigilant and make sure we make the right decisions. These two political parties that have been at the helm of affairs since the beginning of this Fourth Republic, namely the MPP and the NDC, have proven to a track record of 30 years that they are not capable of giving any hope or solutions to the youth of Ghana. Right. So my appeal to, to, is to the youth of Ghana today that we have to start taking a uh, 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 rightful place in the in the affairs of, of national business.
2: Right. So Julius, Julius is speaking in the same words as Nia Yuppar. Nia Yuppar, I don't have a lot, of, a lot of time. I have to cut you here. Uh, if Ope... Oh, okay, I think I've lost Ope. Let me give the last word to the only lady we had on the panel today. Abnecha, in 30 seconds, what you think we can do to fix some of these issues?
4: I think a good start will be to right in the wrongs that we've seen. We saw that there were issues with taxation of oil marketing companies. The GRA can take the initial step to correct these wrongs. We've seen issues about non-compliance with lay-down procedure in terms of sale of cars, in terms of um, accreditation, etc. Rather than aiming so high, let's start with... Right in these particular wrongs that we have identified, and then we can continue the conversation from
2: there. Right. Th- th- thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, all of you. Julius Kwame Antonio former general secretary of the National Union of Ghana Students. Ni Ayi Opari spokesperson for the Economic Factors League. Abna Echa is an activist, a law student. Samuel Akpabli is a medical laboratory science student. And we're expecting Franklin Kujo of Imani, but he could not join us. Listen, this conversation will continue in your own homes, in your cars and in your offices. Will we ever win this fight against grafts? And the kind of irregularities and rot we see in the Auditor General's report year after year. My own name is Kweku Asante. The lads are up next with the locker room. this.
4: If seeing is believing, believe it is magic. Coca-Cola is bringing FIFA World Cup trophy to Ghana and you can see it for yourself on the 4th of September at Accra Polo Corts. Experience the joy of the FIFA World Cup trophy first time. Take pictures with the trophy, enjoy amazing music and win great prizes. Visit coca colacomgh for more information. The FIFA World Cup trophy tour 2022 and Coca-Cola experience. This ad is FDA
1: approved. Keep this
5: frequency clear. 99.7 Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to Locker Room on Joy
0: 99.7 FM.
1: Hello and welcome to The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. I am Eric Wampafo and for the next one hour, we'll have a playback of yesterday's transfer countdown show with the Joy Sports team. Chelsea spent the most in the window, 273.5 million euros as Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang joined on deadline day. Lots of perspective into deals around Europe from guests close to the clubs in question. you would love this, trust me.
2: live on radio live online this is the locker room on jaw 99.7
5: FM.
1: the transfer window has officially closed now the 2022 summer transfer window is done and the premier league window to be more specific uh, Closes and our show here begins tonight. In France, the window closed at 9 p.m., Italy is shut at 6 p.m., and in Germany, the deadline was way earlier at 4 p.m. So it's all over now. And welcome once again to the transfer countdown here on the Joint News Channel. I uh, remember this is the global edition. So many deals done today as expected, and even uh, there are more yet to be done. Yes, I know the window is closed. But if clubs are hoping to complete a sign-in after the deadline, they would need to complete a sign- signed due sheet. Now, in short, a due sheet is a form that allows a club to confirm a particular deal that has been reached in order to allow additional time to submit the remaining documentation. Now, clubs around the Premier League, I'm sure, uh, are submitting due sheets and would have some extra two hours. And so that gives you more reason to stay with us here on the Transfer Countdown. My name is Aure Kwampofo and uh, we'll be doing this for the next 1 hour, 15 minutes or so. I use the word we uh, because I'll be joined by two amazing guests. In the meantime, if you want to also join us at home, you can use the hashtag JoyDeadlineDay. We'll be back right after this break.
4: It's magic. Coca-Cola is bringing FIFA World Cup trophy to Ghana and you can see it for yourself on the 4th of September at Accra Polo Corks. Experience the joy of the FIFA World Cup trophy first time. Take pictures with the trophy, enjoy the amazing music and win great prizes. Visit coca colacomgh for more information. The FIFA World Cup trophy tour 2022 and Coca-Cola experience. This advert
1: is FDA approved. Transfer Countdown right here on the Joy News Channel. Uh, we're about to head straight into business. And as I said before we went on a break, I wouldn't be doing this alone. I'll be joined by two very amazing gentlemen. And because we're on the theme of transfers, let me start with our latest sign-in. Fentyo Tahiru Fentyo. If you're at home, you can give a loud round of applause. Uh, I'm good. Now you've you like this. Ah, 360
6: <laughs> We'll I talk a, about him. I team. need a ball I we'll, need a ball We'll talk about him. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk team. about How are you? I'm good I'm power. Thanks Yeah. Thanks yeah. I'm sure
1: there's a lot to yes. talk about From your end
6: yeah, yeah, your team is doing amazing things mm. They said they're signing all kinds of players
1: Well, we'll get to that But let me start with your personal <laughs> uh, perspective uh, Your highlight of the transfer window Ooh,
6: highlight That would be difficult But I think Barcelona Oh, <laughs> God Um, it's hard to pick one transfer, but I think the way Barcelona really moved this transfer window, it's crazy. I didn't think that it was possible, given their financial situation. But they have found a way to really push through transfers that we thought were unimaginable. And they've held on to some vital prospects as well. I didn't think that, uh, for example, they could afford to keep certain players, but they did. And the way they pulled it off... i, I Really been impressive. So for me, I think Barcelona have won the transfer window, no doubt.
1: Mm. I'm sure that's very debatable. And uh, my next guest, we'll hear from him. Whether it's also FC Barcelona who really stole the show for them, uh, for him uh, in this transfer and sit your face, uh Philip Trim uh, joins us here on the joint news stand. Is, is this your debut? Yes yeah. it, it is my debut. Ah, okay. It's so so I'll be given debut. a game, a game by numbers. Okay. Uh, for, for, your, for your debut after. Yeah. Uh, before we get to that, uh, no pressure. No, no pressure. No, absolutely. Uh, not. I'm, in good, I'm
7: in good company. Ah.
1: You're also in the transfer window. What's been your major highlight?
7: The major highlight has got to be Fenty to Multimedia.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> love that. So but, I mean,
7: that yeah. Um, I think it's, for me, it's got to be Ellen Holland moving to Manchester City. Yeah. Several clubs wanted him. And when he got to Manchester City, the, the thinking was, how is he going to fit into Pep Guardiola's team that has been hugely successful in England without necessarily playing a striker? Now he gets into the side and straight away, he's just delivering the, the goods for them. So I just think, when you look at the way he's going and the way Man City plays and the he's got in behind him, you're just wondering how many more goals can he get before the season ends. And I think that is that one player that any team in the world would have loved to have. NCT have got him and it's delivering straight away. So he's been my highlight so far. Mm.
1: Well, that goes in five uh, games for Ellen Haaland so far. Uh, but he was a deal that was done all the way uh, at the beginning of the transfer window. In fact, before the window officially opened. Uh, but let's remind ourselves of some mm. of the deals that took place today. Because as you know, clubs magically find funds and all the resources to sign players in just a few hours on deadline day. So let's take a look at the slides to remind ourselves of activity happening today. Arthur Melo, uh, quite a shocking one. Uh, Juventus to Liverpool. And uh, Friends, what do you make of that, the Arthur Mello one?
6: Uh, That's an interesting one, but I think it was a necessary move from, um, from, from Liverpool. They've had a lot of injuries at the start of the season. Klopp was made to eat his words. At the start, he said he didn't think that they needed a midfielder. And then injuries start to happen. Uh, so now you need a backup. And uh, I think that Arfamelo just seems like a very comfortable and a very... Um, <laughs> a very it, it's, a, it's an interesting yeah. prospect for them. I think that he on, on a good day, he's, he's a quality player, had a really good spell at Barcelona. He played a lot of games last season for Juventus as well. He just just didn't make such an impact, and he struggled for fitness a little bit. So if you're getting a player that you think would be a big solution to some of your injury crisis, and you're bringing a player that is not necessarily the biggest when it comes to fitness, so there's a bit of a challenge there. But I can understand why. Liverpool have decided to go in for him because I think he's a he's a he's a solid backup even in the presence of all of the other injured players. But for now, I think he will fix a problem uh, that is only really temporary. Uh, in the long term, I don't think
1: Liverpool will make this deal permanent. Well, it's a safe one from Liverpool, isn't it? Uh, to go with a loan and then the option to buy in the end.
7: Yeah, I, it's, it's a confusing deal for me. Really, yeah. I don't I don't necessarily think Atamelo is the kind of player that fits the profile of Liverpool midfielders when you look at the high aggression, the high intensity, the tempo to their game. Yeah. I mean, he loves to control the middle of the park when he's got the ball. But the last time he really had a very good season, I think, was in 2019. Actually, he helped Brazil to go in and win the Copa America in that year. But ever since, he's just been been through a series of injury crises here and there. And when you look at Liverpool as well, Atamello... He's not the greatest passer of the ball. Yeah. He's not the greatest progressor of the ball. But what he is good at is, is retaining the ball. When you look at Liverpool's midfield, the one player they've got doing that for them, if you like, a lot of the time, is Thiago Alcantara. But he's been injured. So that could be where he plays. But he doesn't have the, the skill set to distribute the balls in terms of passing like him. So it's an interesting sign and why Jurgen club chose the Atamelo, you know, kind of profile to come into the side. I just think the only time he's going to tell if he gets the job done, really, because... For me, with his injury concerns in recent years as well, that has to also play on the mind of many others. But if he is fit and he can play up to the intensity that club demands of his team, then just maybe he's a good signing. I just don't see that kind of player in him here. But again, only time will tell.
1: Well, we'll come back to the discussion now. But I'm sure people are eager to know what happened on Deadline Day. Bellerin uh, moved to a club that he's dreamt about for quite a while. Uh, I didn't think a lot of people would have seen that coming uh, to Barcelona. pierre Obama Obama swap deal with money. Uh, for Alonso and so Aubameyang is back in the Premier League and Dennis Zakaria uh, from Juventus to Chelsea on a season long loan Ethan Ampedou uh, from Chelsea joins Spezia on loan Sergino uh, Dest also joins AC Milan on loan and then Chelsea's uh, Kennedy moves to Valladolid uh, we have Ainsley uh, maitland now. Uh, he moves to Southampton on loan from Arsenal Chelsea have been quite busy today. Uh, Billy Gilmore joining Brighton. Uh, Fulham also signing William after he trained with the club. Uh, we do have Lauren Kazawa from PSG to Fulham. And Martin Dubravka has joined the Red Devils. Everton completed the signing of James Garner from Manchester United. Uh, Martin Braithwaite terminated his contract with FC Barcelona and Joyce Espanyol on a free deal. Luisa uh, Ganagay uh, returns to the Premier League, joining Everton. And Aston Villa signed Leander dandonka uh, The Brazilian joins on a permanent deal from Overhampton Wanderers. And so Man City and Southampton continue their great relationship. Uh, Sam Edozi, uh, joining the Saints. Yeah. We have Nottingham Forest. Uh, they've been an interesting one, signing over 20 players. Uh, 23 yeah. 23 yeah. yeah So with the addition of Sergio Rie And then Loik Abadi And Ghana's
6: And also Michibash Right
1: Yeah Quite a busy day for them And one with Ghanaian interest Happening just a few minutes ago uh, Joy Sports Exclusive Reporting that Edmond Addo Has completed a move From Sheriff Tiraspol To Red Star Belgrade He signed a four year deal and so these are just the deals that happened today. However, it's been a long window, uh, about 90 days, and so much has happened. And so let's just remind ourselves of some of the biggest deals.
0: Premier League interest from Chelsea, Liverpool and Manchester United by offering Monaco a package potentially worth £85.3 million to sign midfielder Aurelien Chouameni. Monaco stand to make a profit just shy of £70 million having... Bought Chameney from Bordeaux for 16 million pounds in January 2020. Madrid also signed 29 year old Antonio Rudiger from Chelsea on a fee transfer until 2027. At the company Barcelona signed by munich forward Robert Lewandowski for a reported total fee of 50 million euros. The attacker is expected to be with the club until 2027 and has already hit the ground running with four goals in three games. The club also beat off competition from Chelsea to sign Rafinha from Leeds United and Kunde from Sevilla. In the Italian 0 R Romele Lukaku rejoined Inter Milan less than a year after signing for Chelsea for £97.5 million. Inter a loan fee of 8 million euros plus add ons to take the Belgium international back to San Siro after a frustrating spell at Chelsea, where he scored eight goals and one assist in 26 outings. Pogba also completed his return to Juventus on a free transfer, six years after leaving to join Manchester United for a world record transfer fee of 89 million pounds in August 2016. The Syria Art Club reached an agreement to sign the Frenchman on a free transfer on a four-year contract. Di Dybala also completed a sensational switch to Roma, putting pen to paper on a three-year deal with Jose Mourinho's side. The 29-year-old made 210 appearances, scoring 82 times for the old ladies. In the German Bundesliga, Bayern Munich snapped Sadio Mane from Liverpool for a fee in the region of €35 million euros on a three-year deal. The player departed Anfield having made 269 appearances and scored 120 goals in all competitions since signing from Southampton in 2016. The 30-year-old has since scored five goals in six games for the German Giant. The club also added to its squad a defender, Matisse De Ligt, from Juventus on a five-year contract for a reported initial fee of €67 million. Euros. Elsewhere, Sebastian Haller joined Dortmund from Ayaz in a deal worth million euros. The striker left the Eredivisie Champions after just 18 months, scoring an impressive 34 goals in 42 appearances in all competitions last term, including 11 in the Champions League. Timo Werner also completed a permanent transfer to RB Leipzig for a fee of 30 million euros, returning to Germany after two seasons with Chelsea, where he won the Champions League. He will be around until 2026. Now, in the French League R, uh, Paris Saint-Germain have signed Fabian Ruiz on a five-year deal, tying the Spanish international midfielder to the club until 13 June. 2027. The club also signed Portuguese international Renato Sanchez from Lille on a PSG did not disclose the fee but reports in the French media said it had paid Lille 50 million euros for the 24-year-old who has represented Portugal 32 times scoring three goals. Arsenal winger Nicolas Pepe have also joined OG Nice on a season-long loan deal. 27-year-old has not been able to establish himself in the Premier League after joining the not London side for a club record fee of £72 million from Leo in 2019, starting just five times for the Garnets last season. Marcel has also signed Manchester United defender Eric Bailey on a season-long loan deal. The French side have a £5 million option to purchase the Coast International if they qualify for the Champions League and if the player makes a certain amount of appearances. The club also signed Alexis Sanchez on a free transfer from Inter Milan where he joined for Manchester United in 2019 and made 109 appearances in all competitions Finally, to the English Premier League, Ellen Haaland completed a €60 million Euros transfer from Dortmund, where he scored 86 goals in 89 games after joining from Red Bull Salzburg. Month into his four-year contract, the Norwegian international has scored nine goals in five games for the citizens. Liverpool also completed a club record fee of £80 million. Liverpool also completed a club record fee of £8-5 million pounds for Darwin Nunes from Benfica on a six-year contract. 22-year-old scored 34 times for Benfica, in all competitions last season, including goals and butt legs of the club champions league quarter-final defeat to Liverpool in April. Meanwhile, Raheem Sterling made a £47 million switch from Manchester City to Chelsea after seven years with the club. He signed a five-year deal which will see him stay at the club until 2028. Kalidi Koulibaly also signed a four-year contract with Chelsea following his eight-year stint with Napoli where he made 236 appearances scoring 13 goals for the Italian club. Chelsea again completed the £69 million signing of defender Wesley Fofana from Leicester City. The 21-year-old joined the West London club on a seven-year deal after joining Leicester City in 2020 from French side Etienne. At the Old Trafford, Manchester United and To the squad midfielder Casimiro from Real Madrid in a 60 million pound deal on a four year contract. Also paid a whopping 85 million pounds for Ayaz's winger Anthony on a five year contract. Anthony has 31 goals and 21 assists in 134 appearances for Ayaz, Sao Paulo, and 2 goals and 2 assists in 9 senior appearances for his native. um
2: Just...
1: Well, when the interview, uh, when the report was ending with Anthony's voice, uh, all that Fentyu said was I.O. Uh, we'll come to the, t- the time of Manchester United. Uh, since there are two Chelsea fans here, wink, wink, uh, in the studio, you know, I won't talk much. Uh, but there's no, there's no better place to start than the Blues. Uh, and uh, let's start with Chelsea. We'll be talking about their transfer activity whilst the ins and outs go on your screen. Uh, but news just coming in in the front. Can you update us on yeah. Chelsea?
6: So, Michi Bashari's deal to Nottingham Forest is off. Apparently, Forest has opted against um, taking him. He had one year left in his Chelsea contract. So, basically, what would have happened was he was going to Nottingham Forest... Um, for that last one year of his contract. And all Forrest needed to do was to pay the last one year of his contract. And after that, he would be a free agent. But now, the news is that Forrest have opted against his... Forrest, remember, have signed 23 players already. This transfer window, that's a full squad. Uh, Bashoi would have been, I think, their 24th signing, I believe. And they've decided that that's not going to happen. What, however, that means is that Bashoi is caught in a big limbo. Uh, because Chelsea now cannot register him. Chelsea have already registered 15 Non-homegrown players. The maximum you can register in the Premier League per Premier League laws is 17 non-homegrown players. Now, with those 15 registered already, if Denny Zakaria and Obameyang are registered, Chelsea's 17 uh, homegrown quota is four. Yep. So, where does that leave Mishi He may end up not being registered at Chelsea, and then he has no club. And he still has a contract with Chelsea yeah. So then what it would mean Is that perhaps he has to go and play with the under-23s Or maybe pay for the rest of his contract So he's a free agent to join another club So it's a really tricky situation Especially with the World Cup coming Especially with the World Cup coming You don't want that kind of situation So this is a very, very interesting Position for Mishibashuayi to be in And you, you made a very interesting point At the beginning I was, at Sichuan, I was talking to someone and said, Why do you wait Because Mishibashuayi basically has always known all summer That he's not in the plans of Chelsea Why would you wait till the very last day For you to try and find a club It makes no sense What's the job of your agent Because so long at this clear like Chelsea have been looking for a strike In fact in the back of every Chelsea, back, uh, every Chelsea fan The manager, the board yep. Chelsea have always said they don't have a striker. Mm. But Bishop Bashrai was there, which means that it's always been clear that he's never been part of the plans. So looking for a new club should have been non-negotiable. It should not have taken up to this point. The reason for me, I know why it's gotten to this point, is because Bashoi was never ready to take a pay cap. yeah, And there were very few clubs out there that were willing to take him up on his current wages, Mm -hmm. and you haven't played a lot of football in the last three years, Mm -hmm. so there is no reputation you're coming with, there's no recent reputation you're coming with to justify the wages that you're on. The only way he continues to earn those wages is if he stays at Chelsea, Mm -hmm. and then hopefully they wait for a desperate club. At the last minute when some clubs are looking for solutions and they get desperate, Mm -hmm. they look at the wages and say, ah, you know what, but we don't have any options, so let's take him, all right? That's what Forest was about to do. Absolutely. And then eventually they realize that it's not a deal that makes sense. So Bashoi can stay at Chelsea for the next 12 months and earn all of his salary or decide that, you know what, this is not worth it. There's a World Cup, it's bigger than money. So let me terminate my contract. And in that case, he might have to pay Chelsea um, compensation and then he can go free and then sign for another club. So it's not a good situation for him to find himself, but it's where we are.
1: Well, oh, it is where we are. Decisions, decisions. Uh, for uh, Michi Bershoye, right? the news coming in is that his deal to Nottingham Forest has been called off, and it leaves him uh, in a very, very tricky situation. Uh, but we still stay on Chelsea, because the transfer window has been beyond Michi Bershoye. Right? But if anything... This really represents the type of window the Blues did have. I remember at the beginning there was the question of the takeover and then there were so many administrative changes. And so it's been a topsy-turvy ride for Chelsea. Uh, But let's go straight to London to hear from Mayua Qadri, uh, who is a journalist with Versus in the UK. He recently interviewed Bukayo Saka and new Chelsea's signing, Raheem Sterling.
8: So Chelsea's transfer business has been rather interesting for me personally, I've seen our business as very transitional. We're in a place where a lot of people didn't think Chelsea would ever spend money at this again. Roman Abramovich, of course, is no longer our owner, but Ted Bowley, Todd Bolli has come in and he's committed to spending money in you know in areas he thinks is right. Chelsea have been backed. They spent over two hundred million. We've had Raheem Sterling, Kukurella. We've had Kani chukumeka a young player, Wesley Fafana come in, um, Amari Hutchison, a young star, Koulibaly, world-class defender. We've had a lot of um, good signings. We've also had some younger signings as well for that are looking towards the future, seven-year contracts. And for me, when I look at that, I understand what's going on. Todd Bowley is an American. He has American sports businesses. And in their models, they give seven-year contracts. It's about building for the future. Chelsea seems to be doing that whilst patching up what's happening in the moment. So when I look at the 200 million spent in this window with the administrative changes that have happened, I, I am confident, I think we have good profile of players. Of course, the massive thing is, when you look at Chelsea, we still cannot score goals. Some will say that this may be a coaching thing. Others will say that the person that we've had in attack previously is not good enough. And that's where it becomes interesting because a lot of people ask, why is Tuchel focusing on defensive acquisitions as opposed to attacking ones? It's because prior to him, attacking purchases had been made. Pulisic was bought before him. Lukaku was bought before him by him for 99 million. That didn't work out. We have players. Havertz was bought. We have players that we spent a lot of money on and they still haven't clicked. So it's about sorting out the defence that is ageing and patched up. We had goes so Koulibaly comes in Chilwell was injured last season so you get Kukurella in, Versi for is going to be a young player that plays Aspikweta will leave soon, you're trying to build for the future that so it makes sense but with Chelsea the goal is always to win Chelsea kind of go up and down as a club but we're always winning something even if we're in a state of flux so my whole ambition coming to the season was can we be a dark horse in the title race we're already off the pace already We've been in really bad form. So that ambition, it looks a bit hard. I can't even lie. But we must compete on all cup fronts. That's a given. Chelsea have to win trophies. I can't remember the last time Chelsea went a season without a trophy because that is what we, we do. We always win trophies. So Chelsea have to compete. Tuchel has been backed heavily. There are rumours by the time this comes out, Young may be a Chelsea player. That is someone that won him his first trophy as a manager. Tuka has been back, so he has to get this right as well. It's not just about the signings, whether they're right or not. It's whether the managers can implement them. So that is what I make of Chelsea's transfer window. If I had to give it a grade, I would say away from the results and what I'm looking at, I would give it a B. I understand it. But I would have loved the midfielder. I mean, we've not replaced Kante yet. Kante can play, but he's injured. We haven't replaced him yet. And for me, that's a key thing. And we need forwards that can score. So, with what we've got, I'm hopeful, but the manager has to put it together. He has the tools, he has the pieces now. Can you make good of it? Let's wait and see.
1: Well, let's wait and see. Yeah, uh, We did get answers because Chelsea went late uh, into the market to get Denis Zakaria on loan a safe move again uh, but a lot of Chelsea fans don't really know Zakaria uh, is he the one to perhaps maybe step into the shoes and, for Kante when he gets injured
6: I think so and you know the interesting thing is this deal is happening while <laughs> Bakayoko is fighting with AC Milan because he doesn't want to leave
1: yeah.
6: now he joined AC Milan on mm. a two year loan yeah. Right, he's played one year
7: He's got a year to go.
6: He has a, has a year left, right? He, he, you know, he gets pulled over by police, mistaken for <laughs> for a common man like me. <laughs> but that's not the story here. So, Bashawi is that other option that Chelsea actually supposedly signed to replace Matich mm-hmm. when he left. He was supposed to be the complement mm-hmm. for uh, for for Kante once he yeah. got injured. That didn't quite work out. So. It is kinda of come full circle that when the Denny zakaria deal was actually happening, Bakayoko was also forcing to stay at, at at AC Milan when Chelsea needed a holding me for that and they had one in, in 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 Bakayoko who didn't want who didn't want to leave AC Milan. Chelsea could have taken him back. But it just tells you how much bad business Chelsea have done in the past. And this Denny zakaria deal is smacking of another desperate buy. Chelsea have always needed a holding midfielder, because it's been clear from last season that every time Kante has been injured, Chelsea have struggled to cope, because they don't actually have a ball winner. The only one that they have available is Jorginho. And you've seen Jorginho. He gets easily shoved off. He's very good with his positioning, so he does a lot of his interceptions. But when it comes to recovery and winning balls back, he's not it. Zakaria is a good prospect, okay? Had a really good um, you know, he, he, before he joined Juventus, he was one of the biggest young prospects in, in the world in terms of that defense he made for position. However, he's gone to Juve and he didn't really make any impact, part of it because of injuries. Last season, I think he only played about 13 matches yeah. overall. So, this is a guy that it's a good idea yeah. that he's coming to play backup, okay? But at the moment, Given Kante's history from last season to this season, that backup, bro, is going to be every other week, it appears. Because yeah, absolutely.
7: because he's just... And, never... And, and that could then be... I've seen a lot of Denizakaria from when she got back when he got to Juventus. Yes. I don't actually find him as a defensive midfielder. I find him a, a more of a box-to-box midfielder. And he loves to be eight, kind of. on a, at the end of the pitch and help in defending and is striving to get forward and get himself in the box at the end of it and also get some goals, if you like. Now, what he needs as a footballer, if you've seen him play, is rhythm and game time. He has to play consistently to develop his confidence and rhythm. But in Juventus, what, it, what went against him, as you mentioned, fence, is those injury worries that yeah. he got. He's not injury prone, uh, injury prone, I should say. All he's got is this, those little nuggets in there that happened to my Juve. And under Allegri, this was the problem Juventus faced. The whole midfield shape under Allegri was terrible. Yeah. And if he constantly plays Zachariah as a double pivot with someone, either Locatelli or what have you, that was never his best part of the game. So I think if he comes into Chelsea, plays a lot more games, find a rhythm, and he stays away from injury, in there somewhere, Chelsea have got a good player. He just has to stay fit and develop his rhythm with the game time.
1: Well, I'll come back to you, Secho. Uh, but as we wrap up on Chelsea, uh, who have had their form dip in a bit, Uh, It's come at a very interesting time because Manchester United fans are smiling a lot. Uh, Another victory uh, today, a hard-fought one at the King Power Stadium, as they beat Leicester City by one goal to me. We're also talking about Manchester United. uh, A slide uh, of their ins and outs would also be on the screen. But let me come back to you, Sicho. Man United, three consecutive victories. Uh, They haven't been too pretty. At what point do you start to get concerned as a fan that you would want to see perhaps a bit more fluency in how they play and dominate games uh, so that they reflect in the scoreline? Yeah, I, I, think, I think that you, you have to
7: give the new manager time, Eric Ten Hag. And every Manchester United fan out there needs to know that he's walked into a team that hasn't worked in the last eight years. They've only had glimpses of what it looks like. You know, they are playing well in bits and pieces, and then Mourinho, they won the Europa League, and what have you. But they've never really had a team that has developed a style. Every manager has come in there and tried to do something just to win. For everything had to try and get his style on, he needs to bring on his own players. And I don't think it's a job he's going to accomplish in one transfer market. He needs probably about three. Maybe he has to go back in January, he has to go back next summer and then clear some of the players in the side that he feels can do the job and then move in others that he feels can suit the way he plays. Quite clearly, when you see United play this time, there's a framework and pattern which will they play. Forget the first two games, those were disasters. But in the more recent games against Liverpool, that was a well-rehearsed strategy that went all the way to work. We saw how well they were against Southampton and today against Leicester City. So I think it's going to take a bit of time for Eric Ten Hag's idea, philosophy style, to reign through Manchester United. And he actually needs to change a lot of bodies in that team because, because if you want to play the possessive football, building up from the back and being conscious of possession, David De Gea can't be your goalkeeper. Mm-hmm.
4: If seeing is believing, believing is magic, Coca-Cola is bringing FIFA World Cup trophy to Ghana, and you can see it for yourself on the 4th of September at Accra Polo Cours. Experience the joy of the FIFA World Cup trophy first time. Take pictures with the trophy, enjoy the amazing music, and win great prizes. Visit coca colacomgh for more information. The FIFA World Cup trophy tour 2022 and Coca-Cola experience. This advert is FDA approved. Hello, my name is Naa Ashokoi, and I'm excited to lead you into something absolutely amazing. It's a one-cast play called Five Hours with Mario. See you there. Globe Productions in partnership with the Embassy of Spain. Joy Entertainment presents the Latifa Bubacar adaptation of Miguel de novel. Five Hours with Mario. Live at Accra International Conference Center on September 3rd and 4th. Two shows each day. 4pm and 8pm. For 80 Ghana cities, dial star 447 star 1092 hash to grab your tickets now. Tickets also available at Joy FM, Bachona Total and Airport Shell. Five hours with Mario is sponsored by GhanaLink, JK Ayia Transport and Logistics, HD Plus, Lodge, Yummy Yogurt, and GhanaCEO.com. Graphic Online, powered by Joy Entertainment, Globe Productions. Experience the best. Ah, why did you push me? Who do you think you are? You didn't have my of You bring it on. No, 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 no. The
3: two of you. I challenge you to an arm contest to settle this right now.
5: It's
0: time for your child to showcase their
4: inner superhero. The Ghana Arm Wrestling Federation presents the HD Plus Kids Arm Wrestling
0: Championships 2022. Children between the ages of 12 and 16 can take part and win trophies, certificates, medals, and cash prizes totaling 70,000 Ghana cities. Catch the regional competition train on the 27th of August 2022 in Accra, 17th September in Takradi, and the 7th of October in Kumase. For
4: inquiries and registration, call 242 229535. Get an HD Plus decoder from the nearest multi-TV dealer or Electroland outlet and catch the weekly highlights at 5 p.m. every Wednesday and Saturday. If seeing is believing, believe it is magic. Coca-Cola is bringing FIFA World Cup trophy to Ghana. And you can see it for yourself on the 4th of September at Accra Polo Courts. Experience the joy of the FIFA World Cup trophy first time. Take pictures with the trophy, enjoy the amazing music, and win great prizes. Visit coca colacomgh for more information. The FIFA World Cup trophy tour 2022 and Coca-Cola experience. This advert is FDA approved.
7: If you want to do that, Bruno Fernandes can't be your number 10. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm mentioning these two players, and these are huge, huge investment for Manchester in terms of yeah. wages. It's not that simple for him to he move huge them on. As well. Huge he characters as well. So he has to manage all of these things because when you've got Bruno, he's impulsive. He, he, he doesn't take proper care of the ball. He wants to straight away play the pass. The, uh, the goalkeeper, I should say, the, he can't never play the ball with the feet as comfortably as you want from your goalkeeper, from the back. So it's not going to be straight away seeing Eric to how do his thing. But now he has to also manage victory and expectation all finding the best solution to the crop of players that he's got. But he's brought in some players who are expensive that he needs to get them to work.
1: I like how you ended, because yeah. I'll come back to you, Fentu, uh, after we take uh, this inset but I just want you to give us another 360 uh, for the $100 million. Oh, yes, yeah. Anthony, Anthony, oh, is, yeah. He starts like, most like, this. Yeah. Uh-huh. Most like this. You know, while
6: you are doing this, while you start doing this, no, there's somebody from behind.
1: In, in English, really. this <laughs> <laughs> What myself, is <laughs> with you and Anthony? <laughs> 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 Let's actually get, get more perspective on... Uh, these transfers, plus what they mean for the future uh, of Manchester United. We hear from Carl Anker, who works with Athletic in the United Kingdom.
5: It has been a very eventful summer transfer window for Manchester United, the first transfer window under new man- manager Eric Ten Hag. There have been five new incomings, all of which could be argued are going to be starting first team players, and a number of outgoings as well. If you look at Manchester United at the end of last season, under interim manager, Ralf Rang, we knew the likes of Jesse Lingard, Nemanja Matic, Paul Pogba, Juan Mata and El would be leaving on a free. Uh, and, and the futures of other players were also in question. At, at the time we're talking right now, we know uh, Manchester United academy graduate left-back Alvaro Fernandez as this parted on loan. Uh, Fakundu Palestri has returned back from his loan and will be staying at Manchester United as he's currently injured. Hannibal Mejri will be going on loan to Birmingham City. Axel Toonzebius returned from his loan at SSC Napoli. And while there was interest from Bournemouth, uh, looks to be staying at Manchester United as well, as he might also be carrying an injury as well. Andreas Pereira returned from his injury at Flamengo and is now departed on a permanent transfer to Fulham, where he is playing pretty well as the number 10 Uh, further issue further questions Ahmad Ahmad Diallo has returned from his loan at Rangers and now has been loaned out to Sunderland that's a very interesting move Ahmad the young Ivorian, Coast winger is a really curious player he's very technically assured but quite small we'll have to figure out next Uh, Anthony Moshial has returned from his loan at Seville and we'll see what happens there he's currently injured with an Achilles injury but we're mentioning I play with him as the number 10 Manchester United look far better. Um, Dean Anderson's departed on loan to Nottingham Forest and looks like he will not be returning to Manchester United in any capacity. He's given us a number of very, very strong interviews since. Now, shall we talk about the players who've come in? Christian Eriksen was the first coming in on a free transfer for Brentford. was interesting Like Chris Eriksen was, while he was initially viewed to be uh, a number 10 player, or play out wide enough, he's played every single game. As the deeper midfielder is in that number six feature, I think he's going to be essential into how Manchester United progress the ball from the, the edge of their penny era up to the next. Terrell Malaschi was next. Uh, the young left-back from Feyenoord, who, at the time he was signed, looked to be the second-choice option at left-back. but brings such a intensity and tenacity at left-back, he might well usurp Luke Shaw. Lissandro Martin, as much as has been Made about his signing, costing about fifteen million from Ajax, and his height as well. But the Argentinian centre-back has been a revelation for United in recent games, bringing really intensity and aggression in the, in uh, the back four. This new centre-back partnership with him and Rafael Varane it was not what was initially expected, but at the moment, I think it'll take quite a while for Harry Maguire to get his starting spot back as well. Casemiro was another signing confirmed just before Manchester United beat Liverpool. Uh, he has come in for sixty-three minutes. This is an interesting one. One that didn't initially to be initially appeared to be on Manchester United's wish list. We know they were absolutely interested in a defensive midfielder, but that defensive midfielder for a long time was used to be Frankie Dion, and Frankie Dion was supposed to be a, a ball carrying midfield to, prog- to progress the ball between the lines, whereas Casemiro is very much a stopper, one who tackles and passes to other players to do that passing to do that ball carrying for him. So I think the starting centre back central midfield options are will probably be Casemiro and one other, possibly Casemiro and Fred, which will be to the benefit of the Brazil national team as uh, Brazilian manager Tite likes to do that for those games. So Brazil, before the World Cup, might have a little boost when Fred and Casemiro play a lot as well. The most recent signing is that of Anthony, who costs £85 million from Ajax. Again, another one that perhaps wasn't at the top of Manchester United's list of a right-sided forward by Eric Ten Hag- absolutely push for this move. Uh, I think also the fact that Anthony made it very apparent that he wanted to leave Anthony uh, wanted to leave Ajax made the deal possible. It is a big big transfer fee if you consider uh, Anthony's goals and assist record in the Eredivisie, but I think he will bring much needed clarity to Manchester United's attack. So in review, this is a a very strong transfer for Manchester United, possibly one of their best it, it, for a good chunk of time, they've brought in five players, all of them will probably be starting options, but there will still be issues in regards to central midfield and up front. Um, we still don't know about Cristiano Ronaldo's ultimate final destination, but if he can stay, I think the starting lineup for Manchester United for Premier League games going forward will be David Hay in gold, Taroma Lassia at left back, Lesandro Martinez at left centre back. One of Rafael Varane, Harry Maguire, right centre-back. I think it's Varane at the moment because Maguire's in, back. in the back, run of form. Then you have Diogo Dalot, right back. And then your central midfield will be Casemiro and Fred. Bruno Fernandes is 10. Jaden Sancho as your left-sided winger. Anthony as your right-sided winger. And then Cristiano Ronaldo up front. Whether well, or not it's a team to finish in the top of four places remains... All
1: well, remains to be seen uh, as Anka... Uh, you know, summarizes Manchester United's transfer. We have a break, but I told the director to put it on hold mm. because we need to talk about Mr. Yeah. 360. Carl yeah. thinks you will be a starter from right wing. 100 million, what's your talking? on that? <sighs> mm. Mm.
6: 100, see, I mean, I can't predict the future. You see, I can only talk based on. Sitio, why are you laughing? Go on. Why are you laughing? You see, I can only talk based on what I have seen. Mm. You see, see, the Premier League. It's not for the faint hearted. One, there's no patience for you to stand and turn the ball and turn the ball and turn the ball and everybody is watching you. No, that's not going to happen. Okay, so Anthony, if he's to succeed in England, he has to cut those excesses. There shall be no time whatsoever where he tries to turn the ball 360 yeah. Come on,
1: <laughs> I think Richarlison think tried juggling what, last. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> don't try that in the but, Premier League. Brazilians
7: have got a good record in the Premier League, mm-hmm. yes, they don't take too much time many to of settle. The, yes, but how no, many the caveat here is the, how many of the this? Brazilians are Manchester United though,
6: yes, haven't done too well, yeah. Also, how many of those Brazilians who have done well. Do this for yeah. like five but, times but in the, the
1: game. The, the, yeah. the fee too can play a role. 100 million is quite <laughs> <high laughs> a
7: hefty. I, I, for sure, absolutely. It is. It is, yes. it is huge expectation on him, but that has to go down to his mentality and how he sees the game and how United manage the situation around him. You know, he's not coming to the team to be the one who's going to be carrying the team and they're going to be depending on. He's coming to play a part. And if you can if can I would just up. i sign on a
6: 100 million pound player. Yeah, to come and not shoulder a lot of responsibility, no, the, the fee is very high,
7: yes, but for sure, it's not coming in there to be the missing piece in the side, it's going to be playing a part of in the side. And absolutely. I absolutely think, I absolutely think so, United for balance yeah. for real balance always needed somebody who was very comfortable on the right. And there are not many players in the market, and all the clubs know yeah. this. There are not many players in the market who are forward players who have got great left foot. That can play there. It is why his prices there. And let's not make a mistake about this. This year's transfer market, a lot of teams are overcoating their prices because only two years ago, a lot of them were making losses due to COVID. Yeah. Now, in selling their assets, if a player was supposed to be fifty million, this year they are thinking seventy-five because they need to offset some of those debt that are there. That so. is true. But
6: here's the question: So now you're looking at someone like Anthony. Yeah. And Anthony costs more than Lukaku. Yeah. And when United yeah. fans must let that sinking. And this is Lukaku, who right, had proving himself in the Premier League yeah. from West Brom to Everton to Man United, cost seventy-five million to go to Man United, goes to Inter Milan, wins the top scorer, and he costs ninety-seven million. You're looking at Anthony and looking at what he did in the Dutch league, yeah. and it's not even half yeah. of what Lukaku did at Inter Milan. Lukaku comes back at Chelsea, and you make a point about United always leading a player like him. Chelsea always needed a centre forward. The same scenario: they go in, they splash the money, they buy a big player. Uh, well, I think I think that's that's, that's, that's you're a You're big...
7: right. You never know how a no, transfer. No, is no a I'm serious.
6: not. I'm not yeah. predicting the future. I'm yeah. just comparing scenarios. That in a case where you say, okay, United always needed a player like that. Yep. The same way, when even when Chelsea won the Champions League, they said, no, this team needs a centre forward. They said, if we can win the Champions League without a striker, then, imagine yes. what we can do with a striker. But, That's what that was the motivation for paying that much money for Lukaku. I think that, that, the other we should have asked, yes,
7: is, if Chelsea are winning the Champions League without a striker, then what if they get? A striker, but what kind of striker? It's something that nobody really asks I'm yes. not sure Thomas Tuchel and Chelsea themselves did mm. ask about that because eventually they got in the striker. They had two actually, none of them worked. Then I look at And
6: so and 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 and, and, and on this Antony situation, the ultimate question that all of you have to ask yourself is since you're here, you're here, you watch the Champions League, seizing and seizing out. That's the the, the, the the most time a lot of people get to watch Ajax play. Okay? Hakim Zayek. At Ajax, the impact that he had there, the kind of player that he was there, compared to Anthony, the impact he had, the kind of player he is at, uh, he was at, at Ajax before he moved to United. Which of them would you say, at the time of their movement, was the bigger player?
1: I think it'll be Hakim. Think, uh,
6: absolutely, but, but yeah, the market has
1: changed. It's changed. And, and, yet yet we'll, and, would, we'll and make no mistake
6: uh, here, I think
7: Chelsea closed that Hakim Ziyad deal uh, way. Uh, way way before one week to the end of the yeah. deadline. Yeah. So, now, yeah. this goes down to, I think, in my opinion, how bad Manchester United in recent times have handled some transfer deals. Yes. If they, if they signed Anthony, but Anthony, at the start of the market, he was around $55 million.
2: Yeah.
7: In the last two weeks...
6: I demanded over twenty million you know, you know, the more. Thing,
1: the thing about yeah. Manchester United is that if you want to stay in mind, you will go on and on and on. But yeah. I, I've been prompted about that. We the have to the go point from... I just wanted
6: to make yeah. was that it wasn't even about the money; mm-hmm. it was about the caliber and the quality of player they were getting. Mm-hmm. And then when there comes to the Premier League,
7: no, Lizzie, a lot of the IAS boys you know, were have moved. That, lot that lot that IAS IAS a lot of the from, yeah.
6: boys from that system yeah, that yeah. have moved, having done well. Yeah. And this is what United needs to think about. That's my last point on it. That, and this is true. Dutch managers tend to like to go for a lot of players from that system. And that is a big mistake a lot of them make. Yeah. Because you don't necessarily need all the Dutch boys to play that kind of possessive style of football. Mm. Already, Ten Hag is on that trend. He's, going to bring, he's brought two players. Yeah, Martin In fact, he's brought three yeah. Ajax players now. Yeah. Okay. Three Ajax players already. And you're counting Lisandro Martinez, you're counting Anthony, mm-hmm. and you're adding Christian Eriksen yeah. from the Ajax
7: system. And not from Ajax, but Malassia, no, close was, to, Malassia was close to, him. Close and he brought to yeah. him. Malassia from too from the, from,
6: the, from, the, from the Dutch system. And he has got Dutch. Donnie van der Beek somewhere in the side. So, so that's four <laughs> players already that he's brought in from the Dutch system. Okay, I'm not saying they're not good players, but Dutch managers have that tendency. And you need to be careful. Because the quality doesn't only exist in the Netherlands. You end up building a team full of Dutch players or players from the Netherlands system.
1: And then, yeah, When it doesn't work out, there's always issues. Uh, but it's a, it's a very engaging discussion whenever it comes to uh, Manchester United. It's one that we want to keep going, especially on social media. So use the hashtag JoyDeadlineDay. My question to you, and I'll try and read some comments, is that how many goals and assists do you think Anthony would get for Manchester United next season? Remember he cost million. And uh, uh, we'll go for a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll be talking about the team on top of the English Premier League, Arsenal.
4: If seeing is believing, believing is magic. Coca-Cola is bringing FIFA World Cup profit to Ghana, and you can see it for yourself on the 4th of September at Accra Polo Courts. Experience the joy of the FIFA World Cup trophy first time. Take pictures with the trophy, enjoy amazing music, and win great prizes. Visit coca for more information. The FIFA World Cup trophy tour 2022, a Coca-Cola experience. This ad is FDA approved. You that football brain with all the facts of the FIFA World Cup at your fingertips. Have you followed the world's biggest sporting event religiously over the years? Have you retained the big moments and the not so big ones as well as those that others will ordinarily overlook? Then get ready for the Qatari Quest Quiz right here on Joy 99.7 FM Fridays from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Care to know what the itinerary is? Well, this is it. The qualifiers will be from September 9 to 30. The quarterfinals will be staged between October 7 and October 21. The semi-finals between October 28 and November 4. And of course, we get to crown the big winner in the grand final on November 11, 2022. For registration, follow all Joy Sports social media handles. The Qatari Quest Quiz is right here on your superstation Joy 99.7 FM. The Qatari Quest Quiz is produced by Joy Sports, the thrill of the
2: game.
4: We know the dream is big. We know the passion gets you going, and you have the potential to make great strides. The Chartered Institute of Marketing Ghana has always been an avid supporter of industry excellence and innovation. This is why we are excited to announce the CIMG Professional Marketing Qualifications. CIMG has designed practical courses to help you make that dream a reality right here in Ghana. We are geared up and ready to support you on this journey to becoming a world-class professional marketer. Register today and be on your way to greatness. For more information, call us on 055-274-6592. Visit our website www.cimghana.org or email us on info at cimghana.org. Chartered Institute of Marketing Ghana, working for Ghana.
1: Come back from the break. It's still live here on Transfer Calendar on the Joy News Channel. Remember the hashtag on Enjoy Prime, and so we're Enjoy News Joy Prime. We're streaming on Facebook and then YouTube as well. Uh, Remember that you can join in with the conversation, uh, hashtag joy deadline day. I said, how many goals and assists uh, will Anthony get? I'll be going on social media pretty shortly to get your thoughts on that. Uh, When I asked that question, my director whispered in my ear that I like Agenda. Now, I had an introduction for Arsenal, but all I will say is that I didn't say it. Someone said to me last week that Arsenal being on top of the Premier League is the fact that an elephant is on top of a tree. We don't know how it got there. But we know that one day, one day, it will come off. And so we'll be taking a look at Arsenal's in and out uh, this summer whilst we talk about them a bit. Uh, But let me come to you, Sitcho, uh, on Arsenal and how they started the season. Have they shown enough? Now, there are two school of thoughts uh, that, yes, they've done well, but it's against teams that they really should be winning against. And then, then there's the other school of thoughts suggesting that they're showing true character, and this is what champions are made of. Yeah, I think they are showing character. I think it's, it's not down to games that, they should, yeah,
7: games that they should be winning on paper. But again, those were games perhaps Liverpool should have been winning on paper. Arsenal beat Fulham, they beat Crystal Palace. These are two games, even at Anfield, Liverpool dropped points against Crystal Palace. On the match they won against Fulham, you would have put money on it that Liverpool were going to win it. They didn't win against Fulham. Arsenal got a job over them. It's not their fault they've got those fixtures. The only thing they are responsible for is to get into that, those games and pick the points. And they've got 15 points on the table. And the point is this. You need to win games to build confidence. You need to win games to, to actually bring the mentality and set it right. And I think that is what Nikola Teta has done. But ultimately, when you look at what Arsenal have done this period, it's a progression of where they were last time. You know, they've brought in some players. And the signings that they've done, these are great signs. They've actually improved... The team, Gabriel, you his presence up front. He's not only a striker, he's a real leader in the side. He's taking up the responsibility. Martinelli is fit, he's sharp, he's playing, it's difficult to, to handle. And when Zinchenko has been fit, it's actually changed the dynamics in the way they play because he, he's all, so occupying that left-hand side of the midfield and the left-back row to allow Shaka to progress the more. So they've got numbers up front. And so Arsenal looking at a pretty decent side. And don't forget that they brought in the, uh, Saliba, who was on loan for several years. is now back, and it's looking like like a new signing for them. And it has been, it's been hugely successful in the five games that he's played. So I look at Arsenal, I'm thinking that in some of the ways that the games have gone, only last season they would have been dropping points in those games. Yesterday when the Equalizer came in, they instantly responded. Yeah. And several other games, were, and the game against Crystal Palace, that second 45 minutes was very difficult for them. In the end, they held on. They got another goal, even though it was fortunate for the other own goal. But they still held on and they went on to win. I think mentality, character, and the fact that the boys now have got some belief about them is is being key. But when the big tests come, we we'll still have to measure how well and how good Arsenal are this season.
6: I think their real test will come against Man United this, this weekend, weekend. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not a, I'm not predicting doom, but I think they're going to get beat mm. by by United. We've got injury problems as well. You know. Uh, yeah. I, you know. I think. That it really would have been nice if they got uh, Douglas Luiz. I think that would, would have been... Yeah. The, they had
1: about three bids rejected. You know, yeah, Exactly. The
6: last one being £5 million was turned down by Aston Villa, which is a very strange decision because the player has only one year left in his contract. Mm-hmm. So if they don't let him go uh, this summer, which they didn't, then they might have to find a way of letting him go in January. Then it would be cheaper. Mm-hmm. Or else they would have to let him go for free at the end of the season. So, I really didn't understand that uh, from Aston Villa. And then they also had the option... They even signed a replacement from him. They brought in Didonka, who is a very good uh, midfielder as well. So, they could have let Douglas Luiz go. Uh, And it would have been a dream signing for Arsenal, mostly because of what I'm about to say. Thomas Partey has struggled to stay fit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think there's no doubt the Partey is the engine of that Arsenal midfield. And the win rate with him and without him in Arsenal... It's very evident of his impact in that Arsenal team. Yeah. So it would have really been good for them to get a very good replacement for him. It looks like. And at the moment, um in particular, it's not just Partey that is out. Now El Nene has also out. had some
7: injury problems you know,
6: So that is very difficult. And it is just a... And Zinchenko could
7: have come in there if exactly. you like.
6: You know, just and up. you know, we're talking about and we're talking about Liverpool taking action, yeah however temporary you look at it to fix injury situations. Yeah. Arsenal couldn't do that. And sometimes that's the difference because Liverpool also have made for crisis in terms of injuries. They brought in a replacement, even if it's a temporary one.
1: Yeah.
6: Arsenal have the same, a similar situation. Partey is out. El Neni is out. They might come back. Somebody would say it wouldn't be long. Uh, Partey's not out for long. He's only ever had nine games consecutively since he joined. That's the longest stretch of matches Parthi has played for Arsenal since yeah. he joined. So there is a problem there. And for me, I think that might be there on doing mm. this season. And that's why... I, that's the only thing that is stopping me... I, I don't want you
1: to say it. Yeah. Because I, I, I would come back to you mm. quite shortly on who you think the real Premier League contenders would be now that the window has officially shut. And that would just be in a couple of minutes. Uh, you spoke of Aston Villa, and Aston Villa themselves uh, were at the Emirates uh, to face Arsenal, and as Sitcho rightly pointed out earlier, Arsenal responded after uh, that equaliser to make a five wins out of five. If you've been watching TV, that's the Arsenal fan TV. Uh, this name is, and the face will be quite familiar, that's Belgium. Now, he uh, was at the stadium uh, on Wednesday and gave his thoughts on his class transfers right after the match.
4: I said, well, so far, I'll give eight, but if we can get one or two players as a reinforcement, I'll be fantastic, and I'll be good, because literally, we are up now, and we're on. So, you know, I, I, I like what they've done so far. It was a little bit slow in the beginning, but us time starts getting along. It starts getting okay. So, yeah, I'll give eight. You know, but I just want to see
1: at least one or
4: two players in as a new first man. What position do you think needed the most? Oh, I think as people, uh, you know, it's a two into fans earlier on, and the people want the midfield and the, the what's it, and the right wing. So, just to...
0: If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the